0: to an interview I did with Daniel McQueen. I was introduced to Daniel through his book, Psychedelic Cannabis, Breaking the Gate. Kind of weird chain of events for me. I was researching cannabis-assisted therapy, especially in kind of Holland and Amsterdam, kind of the work they're doing there. And I would hear these accounts of cannabis acting like really surprising in clinical settings. Like, that even kind of seasoned stoners would enter a cannabis-assisted therapy session and be really blown away by the experience. And as someone that, like, smokes cannabis and grew up smoking a good amount of cannabis, I was really intrigued by this. And then I found that Daniel McQueen had written this book, Psychedelic Cannabis, and when I read it, it actually changed my relationship with cannabis. Which I think is, like, a ringing endorsement, because... I've read a lot of books, and I don't remember most of the books I read, and most of the things I read didn't stick with me, but uh, this book actually altered my spirituality, my spiritual practice, and my relationship with a plant that is really dear to me. Um, So I'm really grateful to Daniel and his work, and I was also grateful that he was willing to sit down and talk, and um, I really enjoyed talking to Daniel. Um, He had a sweet nature that I just really appreciated in a kind of playful way. So yeah, enjoy this conversation about psychedelic cannabis and the work Daniel does around that. And yeah, be well and enjoy. Oh, and connect with Daniel at his website, uh, Center for Medicinal Mindfulness. There's a lot of kind of information there and Mm -hmm. events and different things Daniel's got going on and the community there at large has got going on. And I'd really encourage you to check it out. Come out soon because April 18th, they're going to have their 10-year anniversary. And they got a lot of in-person and online offerings to kind of celebrate psychedelic cannabis and other kind of uh, psychedelic uh, (laughs) healing substances, whatever you want to call it, the psychedelic renaissance, whatever, you know. But, yeah, they're doing work there and they're making offerings. And you should really check it out because I I do think what Daniel's offering is – pretty unique that there's a legal aid to healing that we're not tapping into while everyone's waiting for these other medicinal supports like MDMA and psilocybin to become legalized for therapy. So I think what Daniel's doing is really kind of letting people know like if you want to do the work, you can do it now. And you know, make sure you have the right support, but you can do it now. Okay. Enjoy the conversation. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Daniel, for coming. I kind of really appreciate getting the chance to sit with you right now. It's good to be here, Brandon. Yeah. And I feel like in a weird way, it's a kind of a controversial topic. uh, Psychedelic cannabis. Like not just in the not in the wider world but like in the psychedelic world it seems kind of controversial so
1: oh yeah
0: i'm kind of excited to see where we go Yeah, let's talk about that before we jump in can we just like take a little moment kind of silence so we can both kind of attune and give other people a chance to settle
1: it was nice i don't think i've ever meditated on a podcast before
0: it's usually for my anxiety. It just gives me a moment to like settle another layer, you know?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, I should tell you one of my secrets, my open secrets about working with anxiety and these things. So I'm happy to share. Oh, please start. Let's start there. What's your yeah. secret? Well, anxiety? I take CBD uh, oh, before yeah, yeah. things like this. Um, so we have a nano encapsulated CBD product that we use in our therapy. And it's, so it's real fast acting and it just drops your heart rate down, takes the anxiety out of it Oh, uh, before any presentation, any talk I do that takes CBD.
0: Kind of how people would use beta blockers, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: To... It's exactly the same thing. I, I just think it may be, a, maybe a little more effective than that. Cause it does more than just affect your heart, oh, Okay. Um, but they, they did a study where they found that audience members paid attention more if you take CBD. <laughs>
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Like yeah. Like just, if you're like more, more than, grounded, sound. more grounded, more
1: contact. Yeah. yeah. Of course yeah. now I'm setting myself up to, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I it's not, a none <laughs> of these things are perfect. Right. I oh. mean, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so I was thinking just like in that moment too, of like myself growing up, I grew up in Southern California and I was like skateboarding and in the water and like, uh, being a stoner was just like part of that life. And then when I like, um, I don't know, started taking a transformational path in my 20s. I got really into Zen and retreats and kind of purity and clean living. And um, and then like a decade later, like this idea of psychedelic cannabis started popping up for me. And it was kind of like a, a shock, you know, from growing up as a stoner, like smoking mm-hmm. bongs and cars and not feeling mm-hmm. like I had a really healthy relationship with the plant to like, this whole other layer of potential that was there. Yeah. And I'm wondering for you like uh could you share a little bit of like how you started to tap into that and discover that and like mm-hmm. even before you started kind of offering it to others. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can I can you know I grew up in the south so very different upbringing yeah. than you and I didn't start smoking until you know, right before college, I guess. So I was a little late in the game. I I loved it, you know, from the very beginning, I thought it was a wonderful experience, very uplifting and lighthearted and creative, playful, you know, so, and I I think it even then, you know, it had like, you know, that was those moments of deeper insight or curiosity, exploration. Mm -hmm. I think that was always something that was intriguing to me. You know, so it's always, it's been a part of my life for a long time. uh, and I was part of different underground psychedelic communities and things and um, and more on a spiritual s- space and cannabis was just part of the culture, you know? Um, but I think I saw there were some constraints or lack of balance in some of just the purely spiritual models. And so I went and started studying psychotherapy and psychology and, and that's how I got to Naropa you know, uh, that was about 10 years at the beginning, you know, from my journey. And, and at Naropa, I started using cannabis as a meditation tool. And mm-hmm. I would stretch and meditate and stretch. And and I started to have like, little flashes of inner visual experiences and such. Um, But I never really got it. I never really connected the two cannabis as a psychedelic. I think there's this interject or belief system that's pretty deeply ingrained in our culture, you know, around like not accepting it for what it really is. I was thinking, uh, I was thinking about that too, just like,
0: uh, everyone that has smoked a little weed has had a pretty intense experience. And it's like,
1: uh, you don't don't complete, you know, equate it to a psychedelic. No, no,
0: no. It's like, oh, a bad trip. I'm like, that's Uh, because it's a a psychedelic.
1: (laughs) Right. A bad trip (laughs) proves the point. (laughs) Yeah. You Yeah. oh um, yeah
0: so, so you're at naropa and you kind of haven't connected the two yet
1: have not connected the two yet you know i think there's this interject of what cannabis is these belief systems that minimize it plus you know colorado legalized and i mean it was medically legal before 2014 right um mm-hmm. but it legalized in 2014 so the quality of the cannabis from when i was a kid when we were kids to now is like it's a different plant, you know, like, so it just has greater, we have greater access to cleaner states, you know, that are less stony. Yeah. Um, you know, so I was, I, I I went to Naropa and with my interest, sorry about that, let me turn this off. Oh, no worries. Oh, uh, went, went, you know, with my interest, I was going to be a psychedelic facilitator. That's why I went. Um, you were
0: looking to go into the underground kind of and have the training, though, to do that a bit? or what Yeah, was your I wanted sense? to be an
1: ethical guide, right? I wanted to have real training, but that was like either underground work or, re, you know, research was just starting, you know, mm-hmm. and MDMA assisted psychotherapy, you know, and MAPS was just getting going at that time. Like, yeah. like they've been working for decades by that yeah, point. For, but
0: working forever to get to that point. To get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the first maps conferences were there and stuff so the two options were underground or um research and um i was getting married and having kids and this idea underground wasn't fitting anymore you know for a thousand different reasons plus i really like to talk about this shit so
0: yeah um, like to have a secret life sort of
1: yeah Yeah. that did not work very well for me you know um so a friend of mine, after I graduated, it's like a year or two after I graduated, I was starting to teach classes on psychedelic harm reduction and how to sit for your friends and things. And a friend of mine suggested I consider working with cannabis as a, as a tool. And he, I was like, I never considered it, John. And he's like, well, you know, it's a psychedelic, right? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I guess so. It is, isn't it? You know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so I had this intuition to blend different strains together from the very oh, so that beginning. was early for you the kind of blending of yeah. strains. You know, I just like intuitively, you know, I knew what, you know, the differences, sativas and hybrids. I'm like, well, what will happen if we just mix all this shit together? And um and uh the first few sessions people were jokingly accusing me of putting dmt in this in yeah, the yeah, yeah yeah and i was like maybe this is maybe we should look at this after after just those was verses. this was this
0: with the friends or where were you sort of experimenting with
1: yeah we you know we did a couple of circles like initial circles uh in my living room six, yeah, yeah four or six people laying there um in a circle playing music you know i did a, i created this little s- s- intentional and. Uh, smoking ceremony and guided meditation and just invited people to lie down and play music for them. And then from there, we we created some workshops. like uh, And even then, it was like all-day workshops where I explained what we were doing and then we would do a journey. Um, and then I just started stripping all the stuff we didn't need out of the program.
0: Yeah, so the there was program. kind of using all the things you'd learned in Europa and through your kind of studies and then how to like parse it down to the essentials.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's mindfulness based, you know, so it's it's skill set oriented, you know, with cannabis, you have we have a little more or we have a lot more agency in these inner spaces than other psychedelic medicines. Um, So you can practice mindfulness and and focused awareness and relaxation of tension and things like that. uh and then and then I'm a transpersonally oriented, you know, I got my master's in transpersonal counseling, you know. So and gestalt. like for those,
0: yeah, for those that don't know, could you speak a little to what transpersonal, transpersonal is psychology?
1: Yeah, you know, so transpersonal was named uh by Stan groff who's mm. you know, as the as the field of psychology to study psychedelics, and that meant um altered states of consciousness, um, growth, edge consciousness, you know, so it's like an umbrella of of spiritual um, study of spiritual practices and the effects of psychology. Um, And and then just honoring that all, you know, altered states aren't always psychosis, you know, like, there's, there's a lot more to it than that.
0: Yeah, Um, his kind of phrase a holotropic right of like more moving towards health and
1: wholeness. Yeah, super essential. Like that's one of my holotropic principles, one of my guiding um concepts yeah. in our practices because we see it all the time. And
0: um and but you say see it all, see it all the time, kind of seeing how what comes up when working with cannabis or other medicines too, like is moving towards a holotropic kind of healing process, but like
1: mm-hmm.
0: Maybe at times it's hard to see in the middle of it. Well,
1: I, you know, like, well, I, I, I often reflect in the sessions that this is what healing looks like and sometimes <laughs> it's really weird looking, you know, people are shaking or yeah, yeah, crying or having, you know, a moment of anxiety or they're having like extreme memory recall or they're flying through the cosmos and just convulsing and stuff, you know, like healing, like there's a broad range of what normal healing looks like. And that's the holotropic principle. It's just the body, psyche, mind doing what it needs to do to resolve some tension or come to yeah. some greater deeper realization you know yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's just it's just a natural it's like in our genetics it's like we can't help ourselves if we if we put ourselves in the right context you
0: yeah know? you give yourself the right space your mm-hmm. healing is going to unfold it seems
1: and i've come <laughs> to the conclusion that healing and self-actualization are really just one thing um yeah it's the same process it's maybe it's a continuum you know or a spectrum where you you know we we. First torn towards healing and letting go of things, but it's the same process to turn towards what we're called to live into and who we're becoming,
0: you know? Yeah, like the, the letting go and the cultivation. Letting
1: go and cultivate. Yeah. So all these polarities are hidden within the work. Um yeah. you know? so you're
0: doing you're doing circles with friends, you're doing workshops and like what where does it kind of grow from there?
1: That was uh so we're coming up our 10-year anniversary as a community and uh in a program and then uh and then about two years into cannabis became legal so i started working with doing circles we call them conscious cannabis circles and i'd facilitate group psychedelic experiences with for the local community here in boulder some some would be 12 people some would be 30 you know um that's a lot of it,
0: how, how many like uh do you have assistants when you're doing 30 or is it just oh yeah that's all, yeah, oh, we yeah, that's a yeah, yeah we have extra sitters yeah we have
1: extra sitters and and a protocol in case somebody has to you know take a break from the, the the room and stuff but cannabis is pretty like again we because we retain our agency we have a lot of it's just a lot of safety and support it's some it's something that people can manage and group experience pretty well. Yeah. Um, and uh, started, you know, learning it started really learning how to work with the medicine, and how long are the cycles of the journey sessions and all of that. And, and within that space, I think over a period of several years, I did this for mo- every month for years, and mm-hmm. we brought breathwork into the program started doing breathwork circles, then we started combining cannabis and breathwork to see what what happened there. And those mm-hmm. were pretty intense. Um, and then I started to see the trauma resolution um, capacity that the medicine, like people were describing resolution of trauma in their experiences. I was seeing the the energetic discharges, yeah, the shaking, the body, the shaking, the, shaking the, yeah, yeah, trembling, mm-hmm. you know, like the shivering and things, and and so yeah. and then people started asking me for you know one on one sessions. Um, okay, so, so I you kind of play with that, you know? Yeah.
0: How was that? Was that different? Does that feel different in the group space versus the one-on-one?
1: Yeah, you know, the primary difference, you know, like within a group space, it's more of a sitting practice, you know, meditation and holding space and being mm-hmm. present in case somebody needs you. You know, yeah. more like an ayahuasca journey. Everybody's kind of in their own experience. Yeah. sort of um, holding the
0: wider container, yeah, and noticing yeah. if there's specific need in that moment. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, just tending, tending it, you know. With in, 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 in uh, individual sessions. Uh, they can be way more interactive. They're like more like MDMA assisted psychotherapy sessions or or so you're you're
0: going more interactive less sort of in the psilocybin blindfold model or
1: well both and you know so some people on cannabis just can't talk right like so they're more like it's more like (laughs) that's that's not not my problem. Yeah right yeah so yeah right so (laughs) you turn it inward you know it's like a so it's sometimes it's like a ketamine or DMT trip the person's (laughs) Mm -hmm. quiet they're in another reality they come back and you share and then other times Cannabis will morph between that and um, more of a collaborative, guided meditation of consciousness and, you know, and and like a lot of the similar skill sets and strategies of trauma resolution and MDMA-assisted therapies um, are are like right there, you know, the same stuff is happening.
0: Can you speak to that a little bit, like what you're drawing on when you're in a more interactive space with people that are coming to you? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I, I was like, uh, so I was one of the first to get trained by maps as an MDMA guide. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like back in the day, um, when it, before I even graduated from Naropa uh the second study besides michael and annie's mytho first study um i said north carolina south carolina I'm, um, I'm not i'm not a science mm, guy so i yeah, see you looking at me i'm like eh. <laughs> yeah i don't know uh, the second a second site was being formed here in boulder um and so i was gearing up for that my wife had the opportunity to be a guide in that experience for a while oh, so yeah. Um, you know, so there's this reconsolidation of memory that occurs in MDMA-assisted psychotherapy where mm-hmm. you like, not to get into the neurology, but... Uh, I
0: talk, go where you want, man. Go where you
1: are. You okay. Know. Well, a pathway yeah. opens up in the brain that allows yeah. for uh, memories that were too difficult to look at when they were like an experience <laughs> when it was happening um we dissociate and that memory has to go somewhere right um and so instead of going through the frontal cortex and resolving um it gets stuck in our stem in our brain stem and uh yeah. hence so,
0: the, sh- the shaking and everything yeah, right that's yeah and involved. that's what
1: causes ptsd mm-hmm. symptomology you know it's mm-hmm. just like uh it's like your hoses are kinked up inside and you, and you start building pressure So what happens with MDMA is, um, that mechanism gets, um, open just enough for the Mm -hmm. reconsolidation of memory to occur. So the person is remembers what happened. And in some cases it can be so extreme. They are reliving it, you know?
0: Yeah. Like a full immersion experience, you know,
1: like a flashback, but imagine in a contained setting that helps resolve it as opposed to just re-traumatizing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and so but that's just one fun one uh, way it's doing it, you know, so you have a neurological resolution occurring through memory recall. But there's also a big emotional experience that's unfolding. So all those stuck emotions start to release. Um, and then the shaking occurs, you know, like the body needed to do something that it couldn't. Yeah, th- you know?
0: if it needed to run or hit Yeah, or, yeah, or your, yeah.
1: yeah, fight flight, you know, mm-hmm. like get unfrozen, basically, you know, like, re- literally, we're thawing people out in these places and um and so uh facilitating it is just supporting a person turning towards what's moving through them relaxing around around it so that it can resolve you know move through and resolve and usually there's some sort of deep understanding um uh, reframing of mm-hmm. the experience uh greater clarity and acceptance some sort of gift occurs yeah that part sort of, of that meaning level where like yeah. new meaning emerges from it new meaning understanding why it happened yeah um, understanding how you grew from it you know things like that um yeah. and so cannabis does the exact same thing as mdma uh, like like uh pretty confident being able to say that right now you know so so it's a So it's a psychedelic. Cannabis is a psychedelic. It creates intervisual experiences and altered states, like psilocybin or DMT, Mm -hmm. ayahuasca. I've had LSD trips on cannabis. It
0: it can have like a tryptamine-like quality too. Oh, totally. And it is
1: affecting those receptors, the uh, Mm -hmm. 5-HT2A receptors or something. That's why there's a correlation between cannabis use and schizophrenia. Oh, Um, so because it is affecting those receptors. Um, but it's also an empathogen, it just, it's like a plant-based MDMA. Um, mm-hmm. So there's something about that. That's really amazing. And the, can, you know, can
0: you, can you help clarify there that kind of psychedelic and empathogen difference, you know?
1: Yeah. On uh, pathogen like MDMA, it's like more access to empathy and your emotional experience. Um, it also, you know, directly impacts this brain, uh, memory reconsolidation piece mm-hmm. and it creates a general sense of safety and support so that you can turn towards difficult material without freaking out, you know?
0: Yeah, um, that, that kind of combined effect of like the empathogen and the psychedelic, like bringing up material in the way a psychedelic does, but then having that support to
1: having the support. Yeah. And sometimes some pathogens like MDMA aren't visual. Mm -hmm. um, But if you, if you add a psychedelic with it, you know, may the, the memories might become more visual um, or you're flying through like an inner imaginal.
0: Yeah, Real. more immersive
1: and more yeah, it's just psyche producing. Ego disillusion, you know, it's, yeah. it's more of a psychedelic. Empathogens e- don't generally cause like ego disillusion. Uh, in a, in a, in a, a weird thing. way
0: where you're like, okay with your ego. So it doesn't feel yeah. like as big of a deal. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm cool with my
1: ego. I think we should all be cool with our egos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's, and then there's one more piece I'd like to share. Because this, is, this is like new realization for me. And that, uh, so we have cannabis as a psychedelic and pathogen. And it's and I'm coming up with a term uh, playing with different words for it. But I think I'm landing on indelic and um, like, can you spell it out? E-N-D-E-L-I-C. And delic, uh, another yeah. word might be endodelic, but that sounds a little weird, um, mm-hmm. but like endocannabinoid system um, cannabis directly impacts the endocannabinoid system. And what that basically means is it's it's getting into your physical tissue your muscles and tendons and fascia um connectivity you know in in the body and uh so and as it it affects the endocannabinoid system what it does is it just relaxes everything a little bit um Mm -hmm. so so imagine you've been holding attention in in your body as long as you can remember it's associated with a traumatic experience (laughs) so we'll turn towards it relax around it it will it will open up and, and physically relax your body will start shaking and then people will have an emotional discharge and a memory recall mm. as they're flying through the cosmos and yeah you, you, know, you can see really the patterns
0: it. like the sort of pattern of healing that occurs when you bring attention to the tension and then the cannabis supporting the tension kind of expressing itself that's right well, yeah
1: it's it's physically letting the body relax and i think that's one of the things that makes it u- a unique characteristic as a psychedelic. It's like, like, it's because it's directly impacting the physical tissue. Um, yeah.
0: With, and that's the importance of the, I can't remember the word right now, that um,
1: endelic.
0: Endelic. Yeah, yeah. Like the endelic quality that it's uh, very
1: muscularly based. Uh, yeah. Tendon muscles tissue, you know, even in the, um, tensions in our organs and things like yeah. that, um, will start to release and for whatever reason, like they're, it feels like the the experience feels like the memory is coming out of that spot in the body um but i think there's just some sort of synesthesia of memory recall and a and a familiar physical felt sense like if you got punched in the shoulder and got hurt right like remembering that difficult memory like getting in a fight or whatever you would feel the pain in your shoulder right there's some there's a synesthesia occurring or something there
0: I don't want to go too much in the weeds, but I want to stay with something you're saying, because I think in the kind of trauma world, there's a sense of memory, right, experience being what we block out. And that's why it gets frozen. But like for me, too, as like a psychotherapist and I do Reiki and work. So Um, everything you're talking right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like emotions, too. Right. If we have an experience that has an emotional tone that we, for some reason, can't hold that emotion right that gets mm-hmm. sort of blocked too yeah and like like it's not just big experiences but like anger sometimes sadness mm-hmm. grief like mm-hmm. disgust right like if they're big yeah. enough we're just gonna cut them off and they're yeah. gonna sort of all uh, that gets stuffed somewhere in the
1: body yeah, yeah. some
0: residual hanging out that's gonna happen uh,
1: yeah so so whatever so again resolution and the holotropic principle Whatever you had, you were suppressing, avoiding, um, not engaging, has yeah. to be turned towards for resolution and healing, and and so that means letting yourself feel what you didn't allow yourself to feel previously, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And remember can, you know, or feel. Yeah. Remember and feel. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, and that there's some, there's a natural let like there's a natural healing process if we allowed ourselves to do that in the moment then we wouldn't be holding on to so much and -hmm. um, and we wouldn't be um, as mentally unwell or you know psychologically unwell so so that's what we do we create these little containers for people to have these resolution release experiences you know um and cannabis is a great resource to do that with it's totally legal here and um and it's incredibly effective
0: and have you found it smooth kind of because you're a legitimate business right i could go on a website and schedule sessions
1: and like how is the legal process of kind of it's evolved um over the years uh used to do this work in my home we you know like used to be cannabis could only be used in a home space you know so Mm -hmm. and so um so i had a really beautiful meditation space in my home um, and the laws changed here enough that um we got a uh, uh we have two suites here actually so one suite has four psychedelic therapy spaces and some offices and then i have a group space over here on my side so i can do groups with cannabis and or ketamine and um and uh and we have permission from the owner you know uh and as this, these are as psychedelic sessions are as private of an event as one can get, you know, so yeah. um, so with permission of the owner and using special vaporizers instead of pipes, you know, we're just oh, learning okay. to um, navigate the constraints and legal regulations as best. Yeah, we can. yeah that know? seems like what you kind of right when you first started not
0: wanting to be underground, right, like how to navigate this to make it work for you and. Like it seems like you're keeping on and doing
1: it, that. And it, yeah, and it's like and it's like the universe is responsive to it. Like the, you know, like the world gives like we step into something, we do the best we can in the constraints we have. And then once we figure that piece out, then we'll have like another opportunity opens up, you know, and uh and uh, so it almost feels like you know co-creating a reality of of living into um Possibilities of psychedelic legal med- psychedelic medicine work, you know? and and so now, like even so, you know, when we got started, these weren't even on the table, but it, but it was always possible. uh We always considered it possible, but now there are ballot measures to legalize psilocybin in Colorado mm-hmm. and yeah, in area, Oregon. We yeah. had
0: more towards the medical kind of legalization. Yeah. I mean, everything's been decriminalized, so it's a little uh-huh. different, but.
1: Yeah. Denver here has been decriminalized. It's not quite level that we need to work with it, but they're, you know, people are starting to open it up. So, you know, so for us, it's just an issue of like adding a sub page for a new specialty, you know, like we have a lot yeah. of experience facilitating these now.
0: Yeah. Like you, while people have been doing research and kind of doing that, you've been just doing the work,
1: figuring uh, out how to run a clinic around it. You know? Yeah. You know, they're ketamine I... clinics and stuff, but they we're, we're a psychedelic, clinic that uses ketamine right as opposed to mm-hmm. like a medical clinic yeah you're not um, just going into the chair having mm-hmm.
0: an iv and right i don't actually know what it's like i just picture yeah, it well that's medical. exactly yeah that's exactly what it's like <laughs> sterile People, environment uh-huh. for it yeah
1: you know a buzzer comes off and they unhook you and send you home even if you're oh my not God. ready <laughs> oh you know? yeah yeah no. Yeah, <laughs> we sit and breathe and play beautiful yeah. music and yeah. offer after. Yeah. Probably afterwards. have a
0: room you can go to after. If oh you yeah, know, we online. got
1: multiple lazy boys and yeah. mats and you know. Yeah. So. It makes
0: me think of Stan Groff, and I've heard him describe his vision. Right, like as things change, where like one clinic can hold all these spaces, whether it's holotropic breathwork or kind of non-chemical means of accessing mm-hmm. holotropic states or all of the other sort of varieties. And then mm-hmm. it's like one house and you could kind of yeah. navigate through that, you know, yeah. with the help of a guide that understands Like maybe this is helpful for this. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. Yeah, so holotropic, you know, on- ongoing. So like if like uh, for the psychotherapists and the people who work that way, you know, ongoing support's really essential. We have a medical doctor. So we have to have a certain like and there's so much back end work you know the waivers and you know keeping it all legal you know so so creating a little bit larger than a private practice structure really mm-hmm. helps um we wouldn't you know I wouldn't be able to hire a doctor for my own practice but um you know it, it it's there is like a certain threshold we have to reach to make that happen so groups private sessions um we work with non-clinical people you know concerns so, you know i have two ministers on staff
0: and, oh yeah, yeah and we have
1: like psychotherapists on staff um you know do so you, really not apologizing do, do support, support
0: kind of the, the post process the integration process yeah. and like further care or further support yeah like it's a, like
1: a re, it's required um we have okay. so like we'll do i do two-day intensives with cannabis. Um, like two back-to-back sessions two days in a row and the preparation at least one but multiple preparation sessions and at least one but multiple post sessions it's all um scheduled at once you yeah. know and we don't you know like we it's we just make sure it's a required part of the protocol because yeah. uh, a lot can happen in those integration sessions where you're unpacking it and making sure the person's good you know in a good space um, yeah because I'll, really I'll
0: do I'll do psychedelic integration work mostly with clients I already have if they're sort of exploring on their own and it's it's amazing what's available like those first few sessions oh yeah it, like the, like yeah. it feels like a tag team wrestling almost where like a lot happened with the, the psychedelic medicine but then it's like when i'm with them there's just it feels more open to mm. be with it that difficulty
1: and let it further evolve mm. for the person so mm. yeah yeah it's like that and, and, and also like the prep that you did with your clients, what created the preconditions for them to turn towards whatever it was. And then the, and then there's some sort of breakthrough right yeah. in the journey session. So you're just in a new place afterwards with, them. and then the
0: recall, like I have some clients years later, I'll like, oh, remember that mushroom experience? Like mm-hmm. this just sounds like you're still struggling with that thing. You mm-hmm. open there like, oh, I'm really defined by rules and like, uh-huh. I'm so clear of that, but it's. You know, it's It's not like you have have a psychedelic experience where you're like, oh, I'm no longer bound by rules. It's like uh, quite a journey to learn how to kind of live Mm -hmm. beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like a fallacy in the practice to think that we can just transcend our problems and be done with them. It like it takes a lot of work to resolve this stuff outside of the medicine sessions. But... The medicine work is what makes it possible though, right? Like that's what I think. Um is Yeah, you're is the talking most about kind of
0: un, un, untangling the hose, right? Like allowing uh-huh. the flow of experience. We need sometimes we need an
1: intervention. Um, yeah. and it's uh, like a physiological intervention and and uh and our psychic intervention. You know, there's something that like it's like psychedelic like 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 seem in a way seem to like speed up our evolutionary process. They, you know, they make us move through something quicker than we would otherwise. Um, yes. Yeah. So. They seem to. They have a creativity and bypassing the normal sort of mm. linearity. It seems <laughs> right. Well, when you pop into like a higher dimensional awareness, it's like you see your whole life holistically. <laughs> yeah, like living life
0: <laughs> yes. lifetimes in five hours. You're lifetimes a lot of, like a lifetime. lot of experience. Yeah, man. You know? Like that's like a
1: lot to to process. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and it's like for me when I you know like I haven't i you know i i haven't taken dmt in years and it was always the implications of the experience more than the experience itself that was like created the existential... oh yeah, no, <laughs> I,
0: I've, I've never taken pure dmt in that way but i've what you're talking about i've heard from so many people like what is this mm-hmm. if this can if this is DMT? real yeah then is what like, is the rest of this Yeah, you know, what, <laughs> what does that
1: imply about reality um yeah. yeah man i mean like some of these are like it's gonna be unpacking for a lot li- the whole our whole lifetimes you know? totally like some experiences they just kind of
0: continue to give it seems mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so one thing that i really because before coming on your wor- work i also just i think looking at some of the work in amsterdam with cannabis assisted therapy this like notion of cannabis being really like um flexible and how it meets you like whether you want to like for me like get stoned and go to the beach you know um versus like sit down and have like a medicine experience it seems like it'll honor both those mm-hmm. and like uh that it really responds to the intention in quite a quite a dramatic way it feels almost mm-hmm. yeah. like i've heard accounts of folks saying like that's not cannabis like you said like did you give me dmt right mm-hmm. like
1: yeah uh, or mdma it feel it can feel just like mdma i've had experiences just like Um, peyote um, just like psilocybin Um, even 5-MeO-GMT people have described experiences on cannabis that are just like sort of more impersonal most extreme Yeah. yeah um so yeah so I like I I've I've sat with this a lot um there's a strain of cannabis for every function we'd ever want or need you know so like it's so think of cannabis as a plural Mm-hmm. Instead of a singular medicine, yeah, um, yeah, that there's THC in it, but then with the entourage effect and the other cannabinoids and the terpene profiles, uh, the THC is like a booster rocket, but the terpenes and other things are like your navigational system. Yeah, you sort so of
0: you, guiding the nuance of the. Experience yeah, like there's some way.
1: straight physiological effects like relaxation. Um, uh, like something that smells like a cannabis strain that smells like. Lavender is going to chill you out, you know, yeah. Um, a one that smells like pine needles or lime or lemons are going to really like light you up and activate you. So if you want to do something or, uh, energetic, like, like you said, like go to the beach and surf, you know, maybe you're going to take a sativa. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to hang out, watch a movie and relax after work, uh, maybe an Indica or hybrid. Right? Um, and that, uh, so the strains are specific, like the strains, um, or like you got to match your intention with the right strains um hmm. you know you know if you're like taking a medicine to help like help you sleep and you're trying to work on that you're just not going to be that functional you know yeah um, and so like with these blends that i made um they're a combination of different strains and what happens then is that the medicine itself just shows up how you need it to in these Oh medicines. so you're sort of like
0: offering the kind of the continuum of what the sativa or the cannabis can kind of bring you put it all into like one and image and let uh, the intelligence of the sort of ceremony go uh-huh. where it needs to it's go like within. whatever
1: terpene you need it's right there and then the the mind and the psyche unlocks what they need right like it again the holotropic principle whatever's there to wake up and heal is going to be right there and then the medicine will match it so if you need more of a psilocybin journey experience you go into a psilocybin journey if you need more of an mdma trauma resolution, like experience it acts just like MDMA, or it'll mm-hmm. weave in, but it'll be different, um med- like different medicines, yeah. different times of the journey. Yeah,
0: it can flow. And it's not sort of one
1: thing. No, uh, so yeah. it's a shape shifter, you know, like, it's a, we call it the mini, we call it, like, when we make the blends, we call it making many spirits one, it's, it's oh. like, it'll shape shift into what you what you're needing in that moment. Uh, whereas like if you take psilocybin, you're not going to have an MDMA trip really, right? Like with cannabis though, you can start out having an MDMA like journey, go into psilocybin, maybe you do a little circular breathing and you're popping into DMT spaces, come back into an MDMA space and then close close the circle, you know, close the session.
0: I don't think a lot of people believe this. Yeah, like, I know I, saying, I get that I'm all like, I did, I, I didn't believe, like I trusted it's like shape-shifting capacity a bit, but I, I think I was Reading your book, and I was on a trip to Nicaragua, like a surf trip. And I wasn't even like ready yet to like let me do a full blend and ceremony. I was just like sitting on a porch, smoking a spliff, and then like had a candle lit. And I just laid down and just like drifted into a real sort of ayahuasca esque space, which yeah. I think was available to being in the jungle, you know, like yeah, were, yeah. So, set I setting, say, obviously. Yeah, and it sense. wasn't like an overwhelming one, but like a sort of soft feeling of mm-hmm. the jungle and the same quality I would maybe. Yeah taste on ayahuasca and i was like oh daniel's not full of shit yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you just like if you want to even have a stronger ayahuasca journey just take more cannabis right well like, it was i was you know, in nicaragua so it was
0: it was hard to get good cannabis,
1: yeah so. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no i've been called full of shit before uh, one yeah. time somebody called me a commercial uh, commercializing shit peddler um, because i was just trying to claim that cannabis is a psychedelic you know um and like this there's is, just these introjects, these belief yes, systems war on even in, shit.
0: in the psychedelic culture like
1: um, even you know especially in some corners of the psychedelic culture you know like ayahuasca folks you know so, well you, you know can't you have to take breaks from cannabis you know um yeah to do it right you have to cleanse from it and the, there are other ayahuasca communities that bring it into the circles um, yeah um so we get that a lot um uh, even like
0: rick doblin with maps right kind of i've heard him say that he sees it as symptom relief yeah
1: that. so that yeah so so again man you know like the cannabis is different than it was 10 years ago um so symptom management really great so again there's a strain for everything um in yeah. regular use of cannabis there's there's legitimate reasons to use daily there's that's why people have medical cards um uh, and so, but it doesn't have to be just for symptom management. It can be to get to the core um, injuries to heal them. And then at any time you're checking in with what somebody's saying, you know, you always want to assess where they're coming from and what agendas they have, you know. And mm-hmm. and so, um, I think that's a legitimate question mark for uh, Rick Doblin and other people in the psychedelic community. They, have, you know, they're advocates for specific medicine and why it's yeah, the best. Medicine
0: and, and model too, in a way. Mm, yeah.
1: You know, yeah. So, so that's fine. You know, a, <laughs> you know, there's a, like, think of cannabis as part of a pantheon of medicines and they're all helpful. They're all useful. Yeah. Um. And And so like, yeah, so we recognize that research is essential, but it's, because of the way the laws were and the FDA DEA monopoly on cannabis with this shitty um, Mississippi yeah. weed, yeah, it's it was, very
0: hard to get good cannabis. There's for studies, no right? way
1: that yeah. this would work on that medicine. I've seen pictures of it; it looks like pine needles. And, um, yeah, but but now that DEA blockade is lifting, and there and we we're coordinating with six different research teams to. Oh prove one cannabis is a psychedelic and two it can be used as a therapeutic well, well
0: what would be that definition there if like you're in the scientific community and wanting to
1: prove that
0: cannabis is a psychedelic what are the kind of qualifiers or
1: um, things they're
0: looking for yeah
1: well there's there's a couple of scales rating scales The the most commonly used one is called the mystical experience questionnaire yeah i've used that one in yeah. the past in research yeah. yeah so that's so what you would do is just and there's there's different core you know different um characteristics of that so is that Um, is that
0: what they're kind of going with in the uh academic community like if it creates mystical experience it's a psychedelic yes
1: yeah well you know again there's some cultural issues with with just mystical experience and rick strassman has another scale and he talks about this this idea like like the zen no mind oneness state is -hmm. somehow more um spiritual than uh deity you know like in, yeah. in contact with like a personified deity and that that's just like not quite congruent you know well, there's- yeah there's
0: that uh like, especially with that movement towards the East that happened in a lot of the transpersonal circles, right? But yeah, and imper- I went to Naropa, you know, yeah, like, impersonal you know. is the highest mm-hmm. right? Impersonal, like per- is, personal yeah. deification or personal divinity, like, mm-hmm. not, not so good. Like, you don't want to be talking to things or right have praying, right? Or, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, Rick Strassman would say that, you know, there was some there's some anti Semitism in that, like a judgment oh, yeah. of, of like, one value one religious worldview is greater than another you know and that's you know like that's a legit question you know but but so what you can do though is you can compare cannabis to all the other research studies that have used the meq oh yeah Yeah, just come just compare them compare yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: you just do the sessions give the questionnaire and then like does it have a similar sort of
1: they've done that the mitch uh early wine did it and uh he did it just survey you know mystical experience survey this is people just smoking their own whatever they've got and they found that it it approached the level of psilocybin And i'm working you know we're going to be working with mitch and other researchers and we're going to put it with the right blend and the right setting and then compare it that to psilocybin and our preliminary research indicates that it's stronger um uh as, as, what, far what, as what is
0: stronger in what way i mean in stronger in experience stronger in healing stronger in impact sort mm-hmm.
1: of all, all of the all of the characteristics i have it somewhere um i don't know if i can share a screen with you well okay. there's different characteristics like empathy connection awareness ego disillusion um and then and then even some negative traits that are similar that are like anxiety um mm-hmm. you know are real low but all of all of the effects of cannabis in this case study are um higher than the research on MDMA, ketamine, and psilocybin. It's like over it's like over the top. And this again, super preliminary, but yeah. Um, but it's congruent with my experience. It's more like DMT,
0: you know. I get kind of frustrated and saddened a bit as we're talking. Like uh because I get people that reach out to me all the time for psych. Like, I'm a therapist, right? They just like. Can we do psychedelic work you're in oregon you know what i mean out of state people emailing me i don't i don't advertise as such i think mm-hmm. people are just really thirsty yeah. um and i think part of that's like the research kind of making it mm-hmm. seem like it'll be a mm-hmm. one-time solution which like you're mm-hmm. talking about right it's work to kind of work through these things but like if there's yeah. cannabis available and the possibility of kind of doing this it seems like, We should be obligated to say yeah, something. How do you and make sense on of like, the
1: podcast and spread the word yeah, yeah, as much yeah, yeah. as we can? Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank yeah. You. Oh, yeah. 70% of the U.S. population can legally do this. All of Canada. We don't have to wait for any other laws to take place. The psychedelic renaissance is already possible. And without, this seems to tie into the medical model a bit too, right? Like a lot of emerging.
0: Uh, psychedelic assisted psychotherapies are in a clinic, right? Even if they're blindfolded and music based, as a therapist sitting with you, and I think for you, no, like in the transpersonal spaces, early on, that wasn't how it was. Like a sitter Is model. was a community was,
1: thing, you know? Like, can we get the healing out of the monopoly of psychotherapy? Can your wife? Too? Can your
0: like? When I've done mm-hmm. psilocybin assisted therapy myself, just to see what it's like, following kind of the different research models, like I have my wife sit with me, yeah. and maybe like like you're talking skill set, I have some skills from like years of meditating and stuff, but I think most folks uh, don't need a trained professional to sit there for five hours. They could have a close friend, you know, as long as there's some supports there
1: i'd say you know get some orientation into the space you know like so we have a training program where we teach people how to sit for each other you know, yeah. as friends and things so there's some good knowledge there but oh yeah know, don't just don't just sit yeah. like i'm yeah. just gonna sit yeah. for yeah. you like like there and then be if you're doing it for tr- healing if somebody's really struggling you know then you're gonna maybe want somebody there that knows how to like support them if they're really struggling um but yeah, yeah so there's a disti-
0: there's a distinction here like there are times when that more trained clinical space can be really beneficial depending on what you're needing, needing healing
1: from. But so also, so the contained session model, it's for healing, but it's also for deep transformational growth edge work, you know, like there's you know, there's just little things you can say here or there or, or know the territory to support someone going Mm. deep, you know, going deeper. But with that being said, psychedelics have been used for 1000s of years outside of this monopoly of the little room with your guide or our therapist, and there is a very legitimate space to not pathologize or medicalize these medicines. Um, So we come from like, we, we have these multiple polarities in our program like i said we work with ministers um we have celebratory events in our program um Mm. and then we have other and certain waivers for that and then we have the clinical side where a medical evaluation is required and and um you know additional therapeutic support and stuff and it's just about putting the people in the right container so that there's they stay safe Um, but yeah, like people use these medicines all the time. Um, but I'm I'm a fan. Like I, I believe psychedelic therapy is a real skill set, like almost akin to like emergency medicine or something. You know, like you you really need to know how to handle certain things. Um
0: yeah, there is some intensity and there are some things you're gonna encounter in that space that can be um, unsettling or like not super, settling, yeah. like, but
1: unstabilizing even for yourself yeah. if you're not able to kind of ground and be receptive so the most so my biggest complaint about ketamine clinics like the typical medical model ketamine clinic is sometimes these people even on when they start with low doses they'll have some sort of breakthrough experience and they can in in like the medical model they consider that a crisis they shut it down and oftentimes they'll send the person home Mm. Uh, in our space we're like we're looking for those moments as breakthrough experiences we allow them to unfold we stay with the process and there's resolution and, um, and completion around it, you know? So but, like, so that those moments yeah. where that are sometimes shut down when they're not understood are the most important uh, healing moments of a person's life. And, uh, like
0: some of the limitation of the medical model and not understanding what's emerging, like what do you when you see breakthrough experiences, what type of things do you see that kind of, uh, send that sort of like, oh, this is a breakthrough that needs to be supported. Like, what are you witnessing there?
1: Uh, some sort of emotional um, release, you know, so mm. sobbing, like deep grief is finally like a- acknowledged yes. and understood and, and felt in the room. So the person's, you know, like sobbing or they're having what's called a flooded they get flooded. Um, if that that pressure valve I'm talking about. Yeah. Sometimes there's so much stuff in there, it just pops open, and all of a sudden, every you know, they, they remember everything all at once. And if somebody's going through, like if somebody's had some hard times, that can create um, real concern for personal safety, you know, like their safety and stuff. So you have to support the person through that whole process of remembering, and and eventually that pressure. It's like any sort of hose that's been kinked up at some point it'll release and slow down and the person all of a sudden feels like they've lost a thousand pounds of emotional baggage and such and um and so you know they might be shaking like convulsing like they're having a seizure you know and if you don't know what that's you don't if you don't know that's normal um then you might want to you might want to stop it or um I like think you're spe- speaking in the medical kind
0: of ketamine clinics, like, um, yeah, it's like so taking, imagine taking them off the ketamine and giving them maybe you, another drug to calm them down or something. Yeah, well, or
1: turn off the IV, you know, yeah, so yeah. like they, you know, they have these ket they do low dose ketamine administration, maybe there's music playing, they're left in a chair by themselves, sometimes a the TV's on, um, you know, and they're taking, they're doing six session series, low, you know, to heal, heal depression. But ketamine is a psychedelic, and so all of a sudden, like you don't, you know, the person is just breathing, and it's just sitting there, and all of a sudden, their ego completely dissolves, Um, mm-hmm. and they freak out, Um, or they they tap into a memory, uh, and it's and it's not in contained space for it to be supported, yeah. so they freak out, and and um, and then the nurses come in, turn off the IV, calm them down, and, and sometimes send them home before they're even completely through it yeah i have some real concerns around that i guess that's why we're chatting about it you know so in our space we would we would just be there to let it unfold stay with it and it will resolve on its own it will move through you know yeah so it's a missed opportunity at the very least so so when we
0: we kind of rescheduled a couple times and i think uh the first time we were going to interview i made a blend um Luckily I had some CBN strong weed, oh, cool! some mm-hmm. that I grew that was just sitting there for a year that I, it was a little, too, a little too much of a rocket ship for me. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, this might be good for the, yeah. um, and I remember, I, I think I just did it on like a Wednesday night, like set the space, set intention. And it was like a work night at 11 o'clock at night. And then I, you know, consumed the cannabis and laid down and I was, had this moment of sort of being like, Oh fuck, this is way more than I thought it was gonna be mm. like not in a not in a like oh my god I'm mm. I can't hang but like oh it's cannabis I can smoke some weed. yeah I can smoke some weed at night and like have an experience and go to work tomorrow which I did but it was way more of an experience than yeah. I was mm-hmm. like preparing for and you kind of speak of agency and control in it but I also want to acknowledge it like it, it can be very potent experience mm
1: yeah just because you're, you know so agency means our ability to skillfully respond to something not yeah. necessarily control it right yeah um,
0: doesn't mean it's a mellow thing you no, it's not it.
1: mellow at all like yeah. i've i've been like i call it getting captured by the medicines like it's it it's like a it'll pop a, a process and just pop it open and um and sometimes you just have to run with it one time i did that i uh this was in a in a um training session um i was i was doing an online training and that night i smoked a little herb uh to relax and i took a little cbn to help me sleep you know cbn's a good sleep mm-hmm. medicine and then i was surfing the web on my phone and watched something on youtube that i should not have watched it was yeah like emotionally like it was like it was um it was like <sighs> It should have had a warning or something on it you know it was a, like an abusive situation and it 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 activated a deep process in me, you know triggered a deep process and flooded like it all of a sudden it just lit it lit my whole body up and i was having images of past life experiences oh your resolution yeah. of deep trauma it was hyper visual like dmt mm-hmm. it was like deep access to my memories like mdma and i was in that process for like four or five hours uh like through the middle of the night before i could you know move and like did you it. did
0: you catch that at some point where you're like i need to shift how i'm relating to the space like did you kind of chain Change your environment a bit to meet that. Like, how was? Well,
1: I period? was. I mean, I was already lying in bed and stuff. So, I was, you know, like I, I quit watching the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like man, it, no like more that, It was so internet. triggering to oh, yeah. me. You know? It was so triggering, and I just had to stay with it. It just like it was gripping my heart, and I had to breathe yeah. with it. And, um, so you know, and I had the skill sets and tools. I just stayed with it and let it move through. But it was a real deep process. And I mean, me in one way, it's sounds
0: um, it's beautiful. The kind of Like, it sounds like you were able to work through a lot there, but also in a
1: kind of way you weren't ready for. Well, just not planning, you know. Ready
0: ready for in the big picture. But (laughs) But karmically,
1: I think it made a lot of sense because this was was a class where we talk about a lot of trauma and listening to hard stories. And I was doing my best to prepare people and, and, you know, do an informed consent before we talked about difficult stories. But even still, it was a really hard triggering experience for me and other people my students and stuff and then that night i got a taste of my own medicine like like i got like because i was talking about sometimes these stories with your clients just come out of the blue you know like you Mm -hmm. you know they didn't even know they were there and you got to be ready for it and uh and and stay with in contact with your breath not dissociate yourself Um, um move it through your system too and so i got a total taste of my own medicine and that experience and so it was totally relevant and very perfect and extremely difficult and surprising, you know?
0: Yeah. So, well, well, and I hadn't thought about this, but it's like, just kind of coming up as we're talking, one of the things that sort of disoriented me, maybe when I, that first time I, I tried to blend and really try to hold intentionality because I've had experiences before then where I could taste the potential mm-hmm. of the plant. Right. But this was like, okay, let's put all the container together and be intentional. Mm-hmm. And it met me right it really met me and was really Mm -hmm. healing and beautiful but there was this quality of like uh when i've had bad trips before in the past Mm -hmm. like the sort of mind state felt similar Mm -hmm. in a way of like where it was a negative experience Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i remember being in there like wait is this good or is this bad i don't Mm know yeah but it but it was sort of like having to ride with it and work with it Mm -hmm. where like the healing emerged it, and it was maybe still one, a little angry. like yeah. it's just like the mental space that like gets kind of activated for me yeah. i don't know how much that's shared for others but there can yeah. be like a oh it feels a bit wild in here mm. right now
1: um, yeah 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 mm-hmm. um Low grade paranoia or panic anxiety, you know. So these are stereotypical side effects of taking mm. too much pot, right? Like you get paranoid or you yeah. um get, you know, some people even have panic attacks on the medicine. Yeah, I've seen you many know. friends when Yeah. I was younger, yeah. You so know. if so again, though like, those moments in the right container with the right safety and support are usually like the moments of dropping into these deeper spaces
0: that was what i was kind of like as we're mm. talking like oh was i i was missing maybe a lot of opportunities when well, i was younger like that not miss but like that space no actually was, yeah i didn't know that space was a really healing space I or just you thought, just like, weren't
1: in the safe container to do it you, totally, know, like, you like, can't do this stuff with, with hanging out with your friends you yeah know? not like at a party where you yeah.
0: suddenly can't talk and you just got to yeah. sit on the couch and write it out Yeah, you're just, <laughs> you,
1: what happens then you get like a social anxiety and mm. self-conscious and then that loops and stuff. So one you you know, like you sometimes tweaking the blend can Mm -hmm. help with that stuff. And and so the a lot of the negative traits of overdoing it with the edible. um, Yeah, Yeah, you know, like you're tripping really hard, but it's a bad trip, you're throwing up having panic. and and you're paranoid we can get rid of a lot of those side effects with the blends yeah Um, so it might be a factor of your blends it might be also you can take this nano encapsulated cbd and that can drop you out out of that anxiety and and for for me
0: this experience like as long after riding that initial wave of like this feels like a bad thing i've known in the past it was fine as long as i could relax and I started to it. feel, started to feel the healing that was happening, which
1: to me always means like,
0: oh, this is worth it. Like the state yeah. I'm in was very helpful, you know?
1: Oh yeah. Super helpful. And your training, your Zen training, your psychotherapy training, a lot yeah. of great tools to engage.
0: Yeah, in. I had the tools, but I, there was a moment there mm-hmm. where I'm like, this is really familiar to when
1: it's been bad. Yeah. So, but, so, so a symptom is something halfway out. So what if that was the trauma associated with smoking cannabis in unsafe places. And like not always being, uh, not always respectful, being full. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Or yeah. getting, you know, fear of getting caught and all that stuff, it all shows up. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so sometimes we have to move through those layers. Um, yeah.
0: um But I, w- one thing that I found funny that I, like afterwards I chuckled a bit was. Like, and I had a kind of I vow moment more with the medicine. Like, there was engagement. It was more that personal deity like quality. And, like, almost Mm -hmm. feel like negotiating a little bit like, hey, can we be like friends with benefits? Like, can I still use you uh, the way I normally do and then add this on? Or, like, you know, I was like confused in the moment Mm -hmm. because it was like entering this sort of more Mm -hmm. psychedelic medicine space that I take very uh, respectfully. I try to be. Yeah. And then be like, wait, can we still just hang out? And it was like this tension point in the mm-hmm. in the journey, which it's resolved. This yeah. m- many months later, like it doesn't seem to mind. Like
1: no, no she doesn't mind at all. She yeah. doesn't
0: mind. But like if I say yeah. like, hey, I want to use you, I'm I'm feeling the negativity or I'm feeling stuck. Like it, it's gonna, it's gonna she, meet she'll me. She'll
1: show up right there for you. So like she's like a like a goddess of compassion. Yeah. Uh, like there, so there's also like a mother energy associated with cannabis even mm-hmm. on a molecular level. It's you know um, cannabinoids help with pregnancy things yeah. Um, but there's a mother energy but not like our mother, but like the cosmic, universal, all compassionate, all loving, sacred mother who will do anything for you and trust you completely to know exactly what you need in any yeah. given moment. And she's and she'll just say, "Okay, this is what you need. Here you go. You know, if you want to yeah. go play and surf, here you go. You want to yeah. go watch a movie? You need to relax some tension. Here you go. You need help sleep. Here you go. Uh, oh, you want to have a full blown DMT trip? Okay, here you go. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and and so you just like treat her with respect in whatever context whatever context we use you know say a little little,
0: yeah say a little prayer a little prayer say thank you so much yeah thank you you. but like when you're talking now these kind of two worlds right like seeing her as mother as spirit and then also kind of the the brain processes like can you speak to Holden, kind of both those perspectives?
1: Yeah, and what that's like yeah, for you. Yeah, um, you know, like so in, in the Hindu tradition, uh, cannabis is associated with the masculine and Shiva, the mm-hmm. capacity to discern and intellect and split and cut and yeah, that blade-like you know, quality. Yeah, and like like real crisp and clear, you know, like cognitive. Um, and then there is this feminine associate, you know. So it's a plant, and and uh, and it's the female plant right and we're that smoked, we consume yeah we yeah. consume and the and what we're consuming is a flower and what is in the flower that makes it psychedelic is the nectar and so it's a very feminine you know almost erotic medicine right like it's, yeah. there's something very um sensual about it mm-hmm. and, and so as an archetype the medicine show can show up as like expressions of the divine feminine the sacred feminine from um you know the maid mother crone uh archetypes, the high yeah. priestess archetypes, the lover kind of a, and beloved yeah. archetypes. Um, but then there's this the polarity, the opposite of that would be like masculine, crisp, sharp, very clear and discerning. And um, and that both are are present with these medicines, you know, or with with, with cannabis. Um, yeah. So you're gonna get that sort of embodied.
0: Almost hit based sensual quality, but you're also going to have a clear, kind of crisp cognition that can meet that too. At times, or so you're going to go between them, you're going to
1: dance between them or have, yeah. hold them both in a union of opposites. You know, it's like a samadhi state. You know, uh there's a um, yeah, but a, when a,
0: you're talking like that embodied samadhi, right? Embodied like the,
1: samadhi yeah you're not, not going so anywhere you're, you're not, not often, kind of checking out from the body you're like you're not, in you the know, body you're more present than you've ever been and um and in and, in and the body but the body is like a universe of experience you know it's like we we tap into our cosmic self in this medicine
0: oh yeah like i did yoga 10 years without cannabis and the first time a few times kind of exploring cannabis and kind of just movement i wouldn't even call it yoga but like it's like all oh, right like yeah. i had I don't know what I was doing before. Like there's an awareness of the body, like you said before, the fascia. And then also this element of, it seems the plant supporting the movement. like almost yep. like that first night i was talking about with you like i felt like i was being massaged by god in a way like uh, like just like pushed in like
1: yeah. okay we're going yeah. in this position yeah. now your, <laughs> so that's your in, like that's your body knowing exactly what to yeah. do to resolve whatever it's moving through
0: mm-hmm. the
1: the cannabis increases our somatic awareness so we can perceive and feel what we need to know yeah so it's amplifying it's indelic it's amplifying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the physical somatic awareness and then it's also simultaneously relaxing the tendons through the endocannabinoid system so you're able to move that stuckness you've never been able to yeah, yeah. move before
0: and that, that's what i find really beautiful about the cannabis like that's my those are my favorite experiences if i'm using movement. it more intentionally yeah mm-hmm. like that movement's deep, so
1: important deep. that deep yeah.
0: it's like a different level of movement oh, yeah. maybe even the other day though i was like oh i want a movement session and i you know, imbibe the cannabis. And then I was deep in a stretch and I'm like, oh, I'm nauseous. And I was uh-huh. like, oh no. And then it was a purging session. So oh, you threw <laughs> up. Yeah. yeah, I like sat mm-hmm. on it and like beautiful, like I was throwing up old stories, throwing up old beliefs. Oh, yeah. like, so that's ayahuasca. Just, I could, that's just I could, like peyote yeah, no, ayahuasca. Yeah, I felt the same as purging in other ceremonies. Uh-huh. and i had to like trust that it like from your book trust like oh no this is a healing thing i didn't Mm -hmm. take too much cannabis or whatever it was like and by leaning
1: into it it like really Mm -hmm. opens like what it could offer yeah so remember cannabis is an anti-nausea medicine right like people Mm -hmm. smoke it to help with nausea and chemo and all of that right so when you get nausea nauseous and with cannabis it's saying you you know it's a in in the peyote ceremonies they call it getting well you know like yeah yeah yeah. you're purging something that was so stuck in there that was the only way to get it out yeah
0: yeah like sorry you're not stretching this one out (laughs) yeah well
1: you know then you go back to stretching after you throw up you know yeah yeah yeah. uh, yeah You can breathe like it's like it all goes back down to the breath and just breathe through it but yeah i i help people throw up all the time in a good way you know yeah yeah that's great so, well i'm glad to hear that i know it sounds weird but deeply no no healing.
0: It, no it was good it reminded me of being younger and all the times so i probably smoked weed and drank and had the spins and
1: oh yeah you know, that's the worst and know? then
0: but being it being really healing and then uh-huh. Off, uh-huh. i feel so much kind of what's been helpful reconnecting the cannabis to me is like, oh, I just wasn't given the supports when I was younger to know how to work with this stuff. Right. No, like I said that. Yeah, you no, know, like I was, we were, I was using those substances and because mm-hmm. you've spoken in your book to kind of feel like a spiritual orphan at times or
1: uh-huh. I think, yeah. I was always a little different. I again, I grew up in the South. I was interested in like stones and crystals and nature, mm-hmm. and I had big feelings and yeah, uh, you know, uh, I was like told a I had, caring heart. I yeah, have. and I so, was told I had an overactive imagination, and I was just so bored in school. So I just yeah. I like lived in my imagination, and now those are the greatest skill sets I use all the time, you know. And so I'm just naturally drawn to medicine work. I'm naturally drawn to what I'm curious about and what's under shit. And, um, so, you know, I never, like, I, and I was really deeply connected to wanting to be a spiritual person, you know, like I was raised Episcopalian and mm-hmm. loved what, you know, the outfits of the priest and all of that, no, you know, but yeah. I had no, like no connection to the actual traditions themselves, you know, um, mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I had to go out and, and look for, look for what it was I was, I was missing in my life. Well, I'm
0: glad you didn't have something and you had to find this. You know, mm-hmm. not that this is all of you, right? But it seems like a big it's a core uh,
1: sh- identity, core, you know? yeah, It's a really you. core like I'm a medicine person, you know, and yeah. you know like it would like um I would I would I would not feel complete if I didn't have medicines in my life. And that doesn't like be you know, and that's misconstrued as some sort of addiction or whatever, you know, like that's and but that would be the equivalent of telling people who are devoutly Christian, they can't go to church anymore or something, you know, like it's a deep, it's a deep identity for me. And um and relationship, right? Like
0: you're in relationship with the medicines.
1: There's a Yeah. Yeah. So like I mean again, like sometimes she shows up, you know, as a personified being and other times it's just a deep realization of the interconnectedness of all of us and and like being you know having direct access with that. Also like my life is better because of these medicines like i'll sit in meditation i'll smoke a little and i'll i'll think about things in my life that need addressing um and it can be very practical like what do i need to do at work tomorrow or i'm i'm having this conversation with somebody what are the key points i need to bring up and i'll i'll get i'll get a it's almost i'll get an inspiration or an idea and i'll implement it in my life and it makes my life better you know um And, uh, so it's really a useful tool, you know? So as we're talking about it as a tool, maybe just as we're winding
0: kind of here, if you could, uh, just share, like if someone wanted to explore psychedelic cannabis on their own, like, uh, how to move into that space. And then we've been talking a bit about it sort of Mm -hmm. back and forth, but like, what would you kind of suggest for someone that either wants to try psychedelic therapy and doesn't have access or. Mm -hmm. You know, as a regular cannabis user and wants mm-hmm. to see what the other sides of cannabis
1: might be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got some resources on my website, medicinal yeah. mindfulness. There's a body scan meditation under media heading. So you could smoke a little bit and do the body scan. You'd lay on your back, uh, find your contact with a gentle belly breathing. Um, smoke a little more than you used to. And witness and allow, you know, play some Wait. gentle music yeah. or something like
0: that. We're right there, witness and allow.
1: Witness and allow and just like and relax. Like relax. Like if you physically move a lot, um, it'll kind of shut down the experience. But if you relax in and savasana, and let your body tremble or shake, um, that can just keep deepening. Yeah. So. I'll
0: allow allow movements to happen if you want allow to. Allow spontaneous, be still,
1: be still when you're able yeah, to. Yeah, allow something. spontaneous movements to occur. But be still, like if you feel an itch, don't scratch it, you know, yeah. um, uh, but stretching, you know, sometimes like you did, like sometimes your body wants to stretch. Just go back to Savasana and stillness afterwards. If you, you know, like pick your favorite hybrid and or pick your favorite sativa, pick your favorite indica. Mix them together and and uh, smoke a little more than you normally do to get started. Play your favorite music. You know, if you want to do journey music, that's great. But there's a lot of great music out there. And if you and then the book, my book, that's why yeah, I yeah. wrote it. Um, it's, it's oh called, yeah. Yeah, let me yeah. It's called psychedelic <laughs> cannabis. Yeah. And uh, it's it's available on Amazon. And you re- you really offer a lot of practical sort of
0: um, structure I find in that book, like, here's how you can do this. If you want to do
1: this. Yeah. Just straight out. Here's how to set up the space. Here's the ceremony Mm -hmm. of smoking it with intention. Here's like three different ceremonies. Yeah.
0: Here's how to hold your mind. Maybe here are some of the tools of awareness. You know,
1: here's some primary, um, theoretical orientations to pay attention to, you know, but the bottom line is smoke a little and stay with your breath you know yeah. bring awareness to your body and your breath and relax around it and um and uh, the other thing i tell people if you're bored sleepy or not as deep as you want to be it doesn't mean it's not working it means you need to smoke more <laughs> uh, yeah yeah consume uh, a little more you know, yeah just it's just so, so subjective you know like regular smoker might smoke a few bowls a novice might smoke one or two hits and, um, and they get to the same place, but you, so the novice, you don't want to smoke a few bowls if you've never smoked before. Yeah. Like, um, you can be gradual with this. You don't have to do time. it just once. Yeah, you, you don't have do to it. start with a DMT trip for it to be very meaningful, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I teach people how to do this. You know, we have a program called psychedelic sitter school where I teach mm-hmm. people how to do this and we're getting back into groups. You know, we took a couple of years off cause of COVID and all of that. Um, but we do this online. We do groups online now um people fly in and work with me individually yeah yeah. and
0: so you you help folks kind of offer this in their communities a bit Is the hope
1: yeah so we're yeah so we're coming from a model where it's no longer daniel centric you know we've got a lot of different facilitators and they're Mm. they're starting their own communities and centers and other places so
0: that's got to be really kind of beautiful to see in a way it's really
1: fascinating and and very inspiring i feel you know being part of a movement you know um yeah like i I really treat this as a part of a community movement instead of a business and Mm -hmm. um try to stay true to the vision of the medicine as much as we can
0: yeah Um, and if you're speaking kind of vision and movement like what's your hopes kind of going forward just as you're a part of this kind of I don't know, we call it strand of a community. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, to be better recognized, like to be like, a, you know, my primary intention is to be an advocate for the plant, you know, to, to be,
0: to, yeah. To have more of an audience or more of yeah, that it to rec- speak. It's recognized as a psychedelic yeah. medicine, yeah.
1: you know, it's time for it to come out of the shadows of the war on drugs and just say no and all of that. Um, and then, really, I'm doing what I'm what I want to do. You know, I'm teaching and facilitating these sessions. Um, so, just sustainability and regenerativity. You know, or just mm-hmm. how do we help heal the planet, not just um, settle for crisis. You know. Uh, I think there's real potential for this medicine, uh, I think, you know, given the racial trauma that's occurred with this medicine, I think it's the perfect tool to help heal racial trauma as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in some ways, it's still in its infancy, you know, like the potential of what we could use these sessions for is, is really being cultivated in a good in a good way. And I'm holding my piece to it, speaking to it. And people are taking it and putting it in different modalities and different settings and it's really working, you know, so. Yeah. Like the way you started planted some seeds and now they're,
0: um, they're propagating in other areas.
1: Yeah. It's kind of taken on a life of its, of its own, right? Like, um, yeah. and that's been, that's been nice, a little less pressure on me. So. <laughs>
0: it's yeah you can relax a little yeah bit.
1: man i want to enjoy this like I, I smoke cannabis to really enjoy it so i'm really staying in contact with that nate felt yeah. sense what What am i called to do what brings me joy How yeah can I like i want to help
0: but i want to be happy all right mm-hmm. and i want to be not but and
1: i want to be, be and i want to be and i want to have time for my children I yeah want, you know, like i want to have enjoy my life yeah, yeah yeah so so that's my intention is just find that balance and Okay. breathe with it you know it's 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 uh nebulous to say the least so
0: yeah yeah i feel that too in my own my own sphere
1: um mm. yeah so
0: i'll link to your kind of website and these offerings that you named that'd uh, be great I any really any other that. offerings you want to share or just kind of things that are important going on in your community
1: we're, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this april um oh, congratulations. so we're going to be doing some like online free stuff and gatherings and talks and stuff so um, so if people want to get on our newsletter just go to medicinalmindfulness.org or org. Or just Google those, you'll find no, it. I'll,
0: I'll link both of those mm-hmm. in the show notes. Yeah. Folks um, can
1: click on that there. You know, the community piece is really important. And, um, and we put a lot of effort in um, safe and sustainable community structures and things. And so it's a good, it's a good community to connect with for those who are interested. A lot of yeah. us in the medicine community feel really isolated. So so I'd recommend just even if it's not us, joining a integration group, you know, a meetup. There's all kinds of stuff out there now. Yeah. Be part of the community yeah yeah and don't you, be alone you, anymore
0: you know yeah yeah that's a, that feels like a a good suggestion don't yeah. Be alone I, uh. <laughs> yeah okay daniel thank you man so much for taking time and talking i
1: appreciate it Brandon, absolutely yeah, hope, yeah, we honored yeah. hope we honor the plan hope we honor the plan i think we, we did it felt you really know? good to chat with you yeah
0: mm-hmm. yeah okay well yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna turn off the record Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Daniel and I. Um, Yeah, I just want to rename my gratitude to Daniel for kind of helping me to expand my relationship to cannabis and something that can be playful and fun and connecting with friends or just something I like to do just because I like to do it now has this other sort of healing dimension for me. and. I feel like, uh, you ever like have a friend that you like drop down to a deeper note with and you didn't realize that that was available. I kind of feel like that with cannabis now, just like, oh wow, we can go there too. So yeah, please check out Daniel's offering, check out his book, Psychedelic Cannabis, Breaking Down the Gate. Check out his community at, uh, the Center for Medicinal Mindfulness and definitely try to tune in before April 18th to check out what they got going on for their 10 year anniversary. Okay. Thank you very much. Hope you're well. Hope life is kind to you and kind of things are open up after this last couple of years of uh, grounded, being grounded, you know? So yeah, be well.